Hello again, Main Street Mesa listeners. This is Ryan Wozniak. Just jumping in for a quick update. Last time I uh, recorded a podcast, it was in request of a veto for SB 1246. And I just wanted to share that the governor, in fact, has vetoed that bill. So thankfully, we do not have an update to the Prop 400 extension that poorly allocates the amount of transportation support that would go towards transit and active transportation. Both are, you know, beneficial for many reasons that we've covered on this channel. Just highlight a few quickly. Environmental cause, uh, the livability of your community, the need to address the fact that we have funded and feared congestion for so many years and so many decades that the whole system is 99% car oriented and really is all about the flow of cars and quick vehicular access across the, the region, which begets the, the land use patterns that we have, right? Everything then thus requires, you know, extensive car travel and very few communities have the luxury of having very good access to neighborhood scale commercial activities those nearby walks to get yourself and your family an ice cream, coffee, dinner, what have you. And, you know, more, more places need those sorts of hangouts because for another factor is social factor, right? The social factor of how our communities are disconnected socially. Our social fabric between one another has been on the decline since the 1960s and 70s. Robert Moses documents this well in Bowling Alone and other documents that he was kind of known uh, for observing just how little connection that Americans have anymore between each other within their communities. So when we think about the design of the built environment in our communities, that very much becomes either something that supports those connections or is a barrier to those connections. And six lane arterial roads every mile um, gives you the sort of barriers to those social connections. So just wanted to say for many reasons that I'm in support of that veto, uh, but um, another update. So what that means for Proposition's 400 extension is that we're likely not to have an, uh, a bill this cycle in time for a vote by the people um, before 2024. So the, the, the next likely cycle for the proposition, the sales tax extension, will be in November of 2024. And I believe that is, cuts it really close in terms of, you know, the funding propositions um, and the likelihood of, you know, keeping our tr regional transportation investments alive Um it cuts it really short. There might be actually a funding gap, I believe, between what the authority for taxes are under the existing Proposition 400 that goes to pay for our highways and roads and um, design assistance for bicycles and transportation. And also uh, a fair amount of that also goes towards just maintenance and operations of transit, um, which has been, you know, such a such a divisive move by the um, Freedom Caucus of the Republican Party here in Arizona. 
So unfortunately, um, those fights might still exist even then um, as we move into the next cycle of legislation. And so any support that you can provide and getting ahead on these issues uh, prior to the next um, legislative, legislative cycle here in Arizona, the better. Um, we want to be prepared. We want people to know that we're paying attention. So anything you can do to write your state representative, um, write your governor uh, and her uh, transportation, uh, head of transportation, Julieta Cruz, um, the better. So, um, yeah, that's just a quick update. I just wanted to give you that. What can you do in the meantime? So MAG, uh, as a metropolitan planning organization, is required by federal law to be a pass-through agency and to help coordinate regional transportation issues. Prior to the MPOs, you know, cities could look inward and not really try to coordinate uh, a regional transportation system so that streets are become very disconnected and there's not a whole lot of coordination across them in order to ensure that, you know, the, the bell roads of the world don't stop at Phoenix city limits and continue on or whatever. Or if you're East Valley, think of it like what a what a headache it would be if Gilbert Road didn't continue into the city of Gilbert but just stopped at city Mesa city limits and you know didn't have um, the ability to cross the the US 60 or something like that and I think that there's still plenty of room to be done to improve this right because we have these big arterials that cross freeways but we need more like smaller calmer streets that are really better for pedestrians and cyclists to not have these giant corridors to sort of divide our communities and again kudos to the Biden administration's and the bipartisan infrastructure law for having pretty decent set asides some of the best set asides to date for grants that will help stitch these communities together and fund those types of bridges across um, the, the interstates of our communities that currently are barriers and separate our communities. So if anybody wants to get around by a uh, bicycle or, or walking through their communities, uh, pedaling through their community, scooting through their community, what have you, um, more gently at, at a pace of life that is uh, more, more localized, uh, you right now you have these very hostile environments of six lane, eight lane roads that cross um, our freeway systems, and those aren't very accommodating or inviting for anybody who's walking or in a scooter or in a wheelchair or on a bike. And um, you know, so that's just due to the fact that cars need a lot of space, and yeah. If we want our communities to thicken up and be more livable, we need to have more connectivity uh, for people outside of vehicles. So, MAG, back to MAG, MPO, is under a lot of pressure right now. If you look at the recent Transportation Policy Committee meetings, they are hearing from a lot of residents as to how dare um, these elected officials who sit on MAG's committee be provided these sort of regional powers uh, and be thinking about things like road diets or, you know, anything that potentially threatens the status quo of car dominance. So there's a few corridors that in Phoenix um, that are so 
hostile and so dangerous because of their six lane roads that, you know, they they contribute a fair amount to the death toll and fatalities and serious injuries on our roadways. One way to sort of help address that is one traffic calming and ensuring that turning speeds and operating speeds uh, are reduced so that when they do crash a car to a car, car to bike or car to pedestrian or car to anything that they are, that they do it at a, at a reduced speed. Um, so the, those physical features of the road and how people get front through that corridor say a lot as to what those safety outcomes are going to ultimately end up being. Wider lanes, faster speeds, more lanes, faster speeds, more capacity, the more, you know, people are jumping between lanes in order to aggressively pass one another. If we sort of reduce those uh, corridors in some places where we're already seeing uh, escalated fatalities, we can do better within those corridors. So that's just an option. And so MAG has done a decent job at trying to find out where the best places for bus rapid transit would help elevate the transit option for these communities. And so the risk factors that, you know, people are coming to speak at these meetings are highlighting some of the things that I like to highlight for the exact opposite reasons. They will cite that, you know, bus rapid transit through corridors in West Phoenix are going to somehow harm businesses and people are going to die because the emergency services won't be able to to get through because there's going to be fewer lanes or something. I don't know. If anything, one these these set aside lanes would be useful for fire trucks to get through and have faster access into communities when general traffic doesn't clog those lanes. <laughs> there's better likelihood that those lanes are remain open for fire trucks. So that argument doesn't hold up. And secondly, businesses not doing well, they don't, there's a fair amount of businesses that, um, if you are a type of, let, let me back up. If you're the type of business that does well in a very suburban context with lots of parking and, you know, the grocery store anchor and a lot of like inline shops that all surround a big parking lot. If you're that type of business and you're very car oriented, well, good news. There's lots and lots of land devoted to businesses that do well in that environment. On the contrary, there's not a whole lot of corridors within the region that do well in different environments, right? If you think about the the cafes that spill out and have the sidewalk seating for your bite to eat or coffee or an ice cream or a sundae or a baked treat or um, uh, maybe just anything that like anything that stitches together those types of places, whether it be nightclubs or comedy clubs or, you know, uh, boutique shops, anything that becomes like these, these shops that are small and specialty enough and unique enough to where people are really interested and makes for an interesting environment to walk along, you know, think of Mill Avenue and think of, of, of Main Street and Mesa as two of these types of environments that are pretty rare. If you do an inventory across the region, these types of environments are very rare, right? They make up one, two percent of the overall road network within our region. And the fact that, you know, somehow those 98% of other roadways are somehow like threatened by 
the potential addition of a few other corridors that have that mile stretch of walkability, I, I don't understand why that has become so threatening uh, to individuals. Other than, you know, status quo bias is a real deal. And these people, I'm not, not degrading them. I'm not calling them fringe. I'm not calling them anything. They're just kind of, you know, they come to the table with their opinion and they have uh, a lot of faith in the existing conditions being the best conditions. And they, they're fearful of policies that try to push the envelope in another direction. But I promise you that there's no policies that MAG has ever entertained that's going to flip those 2% into anything into the spectrum of half or 50% of the roadways in the in the region going towards a walkable corridor, right? We're talking still chipping away at the very little margins of the roadway network of places that really could be healthy neighborhood scale walkable places. I think every community deserves to have it. It's probably not going to happen along the major arterials of every community. Uh, if we can sort of be able to navigate those spaces safer and get in between, maybe your neighborhood, your neighboring neighborhood is going to be the place where you can find those neighborhood scale things. And if we can get to those places safely by bike, you know, we'll be able to celebrate those small wins. But in any case, it's it, it, to me it it seems to be to the level of extreme ridiculousness to express that the mag policies are going to lead to some sort of carmageddon that ruins businesses and ruins people's lives because the fire trucks can't make their way through during emergency access um, if if we could have folks that show up to these meetings expressing that viewpoint, I think that would go a long way to help balancing out the conversation. Because right now, there's a lot of reaction to things that people don't understand as to the benefits of uh, kind of arguing that the status quo is better for business and better for, uh, you know, saving lives. So if we can have a little bit of balance in those conversations, that would be great. That can be where you come in. Again, Maricopa Association of Governments, the Policy Committee, Transportation Policy Committee would be the place to write those opinions, show up maybe, voice those thoughts, call in maybe, voice those thoughts um, into those meetings because right now they're kind of being dominated by people who don't understand uh, the benefits of the transitions that of, of potential policies. Again, only chipping away at the small margins that help uh, provide those corridors a little bit of relief and a little bit of enhancement of transit operations so that people do have a choice to maybe be either a one or zero car household where they might be currently a one or two car household. Like everybody could benefit from, you know, one less car payment um, in their house if they so choose, right? There's still going to be plenty of roads that uh, will carry vehicular traffic throughout a region for the foreseeable future. There's nothing that's going to get in the way of that. But these policies that kind of chip away at um, the margins of the places that might be able to to benefit from you know some more alternatives uh, really are are scaring uh, folks who are comfortable with the status quo. That's where I'll leave it. I've been rambling on and kind of reiterating this uh, enough. So I just wanted to provide you all with a great update on SB twelve forty six. Proposition 400's extension is likely delayed, and MAG could really use your voice in the circles, the policy circles, um, to ensure that they know that not everybody's coming out 
uh, worried about the doom and gloom uh, policies that advance active transportation and transit optimization in select corridors. With that, thank you all. Keep doing the good work, and we'll see you the next time.